You're listening to an audio sermon by Pastor Bernard Milder from Household of Christ. We trust that you will be encouraged and blessed as you listen to the Word of God. So this morning I want to minister on the message, Recognize God's Goodness in Your Life. Turn to the person next to you and say, Recognize God's Goodness in Your Life. God is aware of your situation. God is more interested in what you are going through and where you are going than what you realize. He's been working behind the scenes. It doesn't matter what you are going through, whatever you are going through, whatever you are facing right now, God is good. Turn to the person next to you and say, God is good. The Bible teaches us in 2 Timothy that even when we are not faithful, God remains faithful. Do you know what that means? It doesn't matter what situation you are facing right now, God is not going to change his position. God is not going to change his view. Even though you are walking through the valley of the shadow of death, God is with you. His goodness is being manifested next to you to show you the way out. If you think back, you'll see how much God has been doing in your life. You applied for a job. You know there were other people better qualified than you with more experience than you, but you got the job. From before you were born, God was interested in your future, orchestrating and doing certain things because of his goodness. David was a man after God's own heart. Because he served God with all his heart, wanted to build God a house. How many times do you read in the Bible? Because of my servant David, this and this person were made king. But if you look at what they did, they were evil, they were wicked. Turn with me in your Bibles to Joshua chapter 24. Family, where you are right now, You didn't get there by yourself. God has been helping you and assisting you, showing his goodness, putting certain people in your life to help you, gave you your mother and your father to pray for you, protected you how many times? Driving on your own with somebody, and you missed the accident with this much. Who was that? It's God's goodness in your life. Joshua 24, verse 12. I sent the hornet before you, which drove them out. So many times God is fighting battles for you. That's his goodness. Going before you to make your way straight and smooth and you're not even aware of it. Just think about Ruth. 
picking up hands full, thinking it's normal. And her mother-in-law told her, where were you today? She said, I was in Boaz's field. She says, don't be seen in another man's field. Somebody has taken notice of you. If you go read it, you'll see Boaz gave his servants instruction. He said, drop extra hands full for her. That's somebody working behind the scenes, helping you. What you have right now, you think it's because I've worked hard. Who gave you the strength to work hard? He said, yes, I deserve this job because I'm better qualified. I studied for it. Who gave you the grace to go and study? It was God who blessed your family or allowed a scholarship or opened a door for you so that you can go and study. It's all God's goodness. Amen? I sent the hornet before you, which drove them out from before you. Also the two kings of the Amorites, but not with your sword or with your bow. He's saying, I helped you. I dealt with problems in your life without you even knowing it. I have given you a land for which you did not labor and cities which you did not build. And you dwell in them. You eat of the vineyards and olive groves which you did not plant. Family, this was a generation that enjoyed a blessing. Not because of them, but because of the generation before them. God had made the covenant with Abraham, and they were walking in that blessing. Amen? Are you a son and a daughter of Father Abraham? Are you a son and daughter of Father Abraham? Raise your hand if you believe that. Well, then God is taking you into the promised land. He's been orchestrating. He's been working behind the scenes. There was still a Jericho that they had to go and face in the promised land. Promised land doesn't mean there's not going to be battles, but God will be with you to see you through. He'll be the one fighting for you. He'll give you the strategy to say, when you face Jericho, don't run up against those high walls. Obey me. Walk around them. On the seventh day, seven times, and then make a joyful noise. I'll be the one who will bring down the walls. That's God's goodness in your life. But we want to go in with our own artillery and bring down the walls instead of letting God work in our lives. God said, I did it for you. Look at this wonderful, beautiful building that God has given us. When anybody says it's beautiful, well done, I say it's because of the grace of God. It's because of the goodness of God. What God is doing in our lives is because of His goodness, not because of our goodness. Ephesians 2 verse 8 says, God chooses grace rather than works so that no man should boast. You are saved by His grace, not your works. But then after you've been saved, His grace empowers you to do good works. Jesus is committed to take you from where you are to where He wants you to be. Many of the things in our lives that we're experiencing is not even our doing. It's God working behind the scenes. 
I remember when we were still in, in the school hall, I had just preached the message and preached with all my heart, and a, a lady came up to me and she said, Pastor, I just want to commend you that your preaching the last few weeks have really improved. And I said, thank you, that's just the grace of God. And I walked and I greeted another lady and she said to me, she said, you know, Pastor, I just want to tell you, I've really been praying for you the last few weeks that your preaching would get better. (laughs) So sometimes God is improving things in your life and you think it's you, but it's somebody else on their knees praying for you. Who of you know what I'm talking about? It's not because of you, but it's because of His goodness and His mercy. The good seeds that our parents have planted, praying for us, interceding for us, showing us, teaching us, and they build certain things in our lives to help us to be better. I thank God for my parents that are here that have taught me certain things, prayed, made sacrifices. My mother-in-law, Marius, the example that they've set, sacrifices made in ministry, things that we don't even understand. People praying through the whole night just for God to manifest. And today we just want to say, Holy Spirit, come. It cost Jesus Christ his life for the Holy Spirit to be here today. For us to say, Holy Spirit, come into my life. Cost Jesus Christ his life. Somebody paid the price. It's God's goodness so that you can have God in your life today. Amen? God gave them the promised land, a good land, manifested His goodness, and all He wants is the glory. He wants you to acknowledge what He's done in your life. The work that you've got, many times you know you don't deserve it. Somebody that was more qualified than you, worked harder than you. That's God's goodness. There are many people working four or five times harder than you, earning half of what you are earning. That's God's goodness. God's goodness. There are many people who would love to be in your shoes right now with the things that you are facing because they can see the goodness of God in your life. When God is with you, you can face anything. Amen? Turn to the person next to you and say, God is good. Family, God wants to do all of this. Israel is a type of the church. God wants to do all of this. When you eat vineyards that you didn't plant, He is saying things that you don't deserve is coming your way. Amen? You don't sound confident about that. Turn to the person next to you and say, the Lord is good. And His mercy endures forever. 
He's been working behind the scenes to protect you and to help you. And all he wants is the glory. If God pushed back the Red Sea for the Israelites, he's going to do the same for you. When the Egyptians were following from behind, he was the fire between them. That's God's goodness, keeping the enemy away from you. Going through the waters, closing the waters up to bring separation between those things of the world that is coming after you. But make a decision to move with God. Amen. Some of us, if we have to be honest, gentlemen, we would not be married if our wives didn't make the first move, gave the first smile. Give the Lord a hand. Amen. I thank God for my wife. My, I didn't move to Bloemfontein, so God brought my wife from Bloemfontein to Pretoria. She was the one playing the piano and the keyboard in the church then as well. And she would often just crack a smile at me there from the stage. Amen. And I wanted to be very spiritual. No, no. I'm in love with Jesus. But that smile gave me a lot of confidence. God working behind the scenes. Amen. Today I'm married 25 years and I thank God for that. She still has a beautiful smile. Amen. That's true. You know, you have heard that Noah, her smile just brightens up your day, lights up her room. Amen. Family, you've seen what God has done in your life. Don't forget. Amen. Every time I see my wife, God reminds me of his goodness. Amen. I'm scoring big points now. Amen. <laughs> yeah, it's like you want God to manifest his goodness in your life. Go and manifest some goodness in people's lives. If you want God to surprise you sometimes, sometimes just go out and surprise people. God wants the glory. Sometimes we forget that he's the healer. We forget that he's the provider. We forget that he's the one building the house. And if he's not building the house, we are laboring in vain. That's why at all times we have to say thank you to Jesus for his goodness and his mercy. Every time I walk into this building, I say, Lord, thank you for your goodness and your mercy. Thank you, Lord, for what you've done here. When I look at the gardens, I say, Lord, thank you for the beautiful gardens. Thank you for what you are doing here. Thank you, Lord, for the people that you are bringing when I pray, I ask God, I say, Lord, give us the best because you have given us the best. Amen? Lord, let your Holy Spirit lead your people to household of Christ. The sons and daughters that you've said should be here, bring them so that they can help us, so that they can walk in everything that you have planned for them. Give us hearts, O Lord, that will always give glory to you. Amen? Turn with me in your Bibles to Daniel chapter 4. 
I want to read from verse 29. You know the story of Nebuchadnezzar, how he acknowledged God, and then at a stage, something happened in his heart. And we all have to be very careful of that. Verse 29, at the end of the 12 months, he was walking about the royal palace of Babylon. The king spoke, saying, is not this great Babylon that I have built for a royal dwelling by my mighty power and for the honor of my majesty? Can you see a person here? Everything is about him. I did it. My glory, my majesty. When God had given him all those things. While the word was still in the king's mouth, a voice fell from heaven. King Nebuchadnezzar, to you it is spoken, the kingdom has departed from you, and they shall drive you from men, and your dwelling shall be with the beast of the field. They shall make you eat grass like oxen, and seven times shall pass over you until you know that the Most High rules in the kingdom of men and gives it to whoever he chooses. Family, the person who opened the doors for you, can close those doors for you. He is God. That's why in everything, give glory to God. Turn to the person next to you and say, give glory to God. I want to remind you, think back at the many times that God delivered you. The pharaohs that came after you. The giants that you might be facing now. David declared God's goodness before he defeated the giant. He said, Lord, I remember your goodness when you helped me and protected me against the lion, when you protected me against the bear. And the same good God that helped me with the lion and the bear is the same good God that will help me with the giant that I'm facing now. We're saying the same Holy Spirit that helped me to defeat the lion and the bear is going to help me with the giant. Sometimes I think I'd rather face a giant than a lion or a bear. Maybe, okay, maybe I'm the only one that think about it like that. A man, I still think maybe I can outsmart him. But a lion, he just has to hit you once with that paw. Those teeth in you. So you need God just as much with a lion as what you need him with the bear as what you need him with the giant. Because the same Holy Spirit, the same anointing that gave you victory over the lion must remind you of God's goodness with the bear, must remind you of God's goodness with the giant that you are facing. Think about the things that God has done for you in the past. Amen? Turn to the person next to you say, I've killed some giants. Tell them, I've killed some lions. I've killed some bears. But if I have to be honest, I never killed them. God did it for me. It was His goodness in my life. Amen? Give the Lord a hand. Family, thank Him for the doors that He's opened and thank Him for the doors that He has closed. The door that is open is God's goodness, and the door that He closes is God's goodness. What would have happened to you if you've stepped through that door? Amen? When Joshua was talking to the Israelites, he says, Your parents wanted to eat the manna. They never saw the manna, but you 
were the ones eating it. What is he saying? He's saying the next generation, because of the generational blessings, the sacrifices that the previous generation has made, you will experience things, see things that they never saw. Listen to me, family. God wants to take you to a new level in life. Wants to give you manna that the previous generation has not seen. I spoke and I said my wife comes from a lineage of ministers. Sacrifices that they made. Price that they paid. Things that they did that we will see that they never saw. With this revelation of what God is doing in our lives, I want to encourage you, you with children, lift your children on your shoulders so that they can reach higher heights than what we've reached. But teach them it's not their strength, it's not their ability, but it's the grace of God, it's the goodness of God. And as they give glory to God in everything, God will just do more and more in their lives. Romans 2 teaches us it's the goodness of God that leads us to repentance. God's not going to break your arm to say, okay, now start serving me. It's not his nature. His nature is through his goodness, he leads you to repentance. When Nebuchadnezzar lifted up his eyes, he had a change of heart. Soundness of mind came back to him. And God restored everything back to him after he had not been the ruler for seven years. God said, you can be king again. Because when we humble ourselves before the mighty hand of God, it attracts his presence. But when your heart is full of pride and arrogance, he resists you. When we say, I've done it, my strength my ability, my knowledge. You're boasting of yourself. Instead of saying, my strength comes from the Lord, it's his goodness. My ability comes from the Lord, it's his goodness. The wisdom that I have, it comes from God. And give God glory in everything. Amen? Turn to the person next to you and say, give God all the glory. Family, we were made to give glory, not to contain glory. When you want the glory, you want to make yourself God. But when you know that you are made in His image and likeness to give Him glory in everything that you do, everything that you receive, you'll give Him the glory. you say, Lord, thank you for your goodness. Thank you for your mercy. When they opened the temple, what did the priests declare? The Lord is good, and His mercy endures forever. The Lord is good, and His mercy endures forever. The Lord is good, and His mercy endures forever. And as they declared it, the temple was filled with God's glory. Do you want to see a manifestation of God's glory in your life? Start to declare, the Lord is good, and His mercy endures forever. When you start to declare the goodness of God and acknowledge the goodness of God in your life, 
you'll see what God will do for you. He gave the Israelites a promise. Gave them a promise. Covenant that he made with Abraham. The blessings that you are experiencing. It could be an Abraham in your life that believed God and it was accounted to him as righteousness. Can be a David that said, God, I'm going to build you a house. Because of my servant David, this one became king. So there's a lot of things happening in your life, doors opening in your life, positions that you hold in your life because of the price, the goodness of what God did in other people's lives. Let me close Deuteronomy 8. Can you think about it? The decisions that you make today to serve the Lord, to put Him first, will have an impact on generations to come. You know our children's children's children how much they'll need God with the things going on right now. That's why you want to walk in a way that you acknowledge God's goodness and mercy in your life. You want to be in a covenant with Him, serve Him. From verse 10, you can go read it. God is speaking to His people. He says, when you've had enough to eat, and God has blessed you in the land that He has given you, He says, be careful, beware that you don't forget the Lord. He says, when you've got everything, you've got the land, you've got the houses, you're having nice meals, you are full, don't forget the Lord. Beware, beware that you do not forget the Lord, your God, and say, it's my hands, my hard work that's given me these vineyards. It's my careful construction and knowledge about the building industry that's given me these houses. He says, don't do it. Don't lift your heart up and say, it's me, me, me. He says, but remember that it's the Lord your God, verse 18, that gives you the power, that gives you the ability, that gives you the anointing to be successful. So that he can establish his covenant with you. It's about relationship. God says, I want to bless you. I want to help you. I want to give you all these things. But when you have all these things, when I've positioned you to attract my favor and I've given you all these things, acknowledge that I'm the one. It's my goodness in your life and not your own ability and your own strength. He said to that generation, your parents didn't even see the manna. You saw it and you ate it. You enjoyed it. That's what God wants to manifest in your life. Things that you've not seen is what the Bible says. Things that you've not heard about. Things that have not entered into the heart of man. These are the things that God has prepared for you and for me. But when God does these things in your life, say, thank you, Jesus. I acknowledge it's your goodness. It's not my ability, not my strength. You know what that means? God wants to do something that is supernatural, things that you've not seen. The book of Amos, the last chapter, 13. Turn there quickly. 
Amos 9 verse 13. It says, Behold, the days are coming, says the Lord, when the plowman shall overtake the reaper and the treader of grapes, him who sows seed. This is impossible in the natural. This is only possible in the supernatural. That's God doing something that you've never seen. It says, when the plowman shall overtake the reaper. He's saying something that should fall into a certain bracket of how seasons work. You sow or you plow, then you sow, then it grows, then you remove the fruit, then you enjoy the fruit. He says, I know these things take time, but I'm going to do something supernatural. The plowman shall overtake the reaper, and the treader of grapes, him who sows seeds. I want to do something in your life that nobody has seen, that nobody has heard of, nor has it entered into the heart of man, but I'm going to do it in your life. Amen? Turn to the person next to you and say, God has some manna for you. <laughs> Tell them again, say, God has some manna for you. Family, these things, you cannot try and understand it with your mind. You cannot understand it with your mind. You cannot try and work it out in your mind. You have to say, God, be God. Do what you want to do, how you want to do it. Amen? You must want Jesus more than what you want to understand. You must want Jesus more than what you want to understand. Because if you're still trying to understand it and figure it out, the enemy will keep you busy in your mind forever and a day. How is it that the blood of Jesus, one man who dies, can remove all sin? It's the work of God. It's the work of God. It's the part we don't understand. When you read the Bible and you read Jesus Christ, those are the things we can do because God empowers us by His Holy Spirit. But when you read Christ Jesus, it's the things that only God can do. Go die on a cross. Be crucified and remove the sins of this world. It's the wisdom of God, but it doesn't make sense to the mind of man. You must want God more, want Jesus more than what you understand. That's faith. Abraham believed, contrary to hope in hope, believed, and he became the father of many nations. Started giving glory to God for his goodness, for his faithfulness. When he didn't see the manifestation, started thanking God calling the things that were not as though they were. And look what God has done. It would have counted to him as righteousness. Your heart's prayer should be, Lord, place me at the right place, at the right time. Position me, Lord, to be at the right place at the right time. Like a Ruth walking, picking up hands full, the right time, the right place. 
Because behind the scenes, Boaz, a type of Jesus, has given instruction to his servants. Drop extra hands full for her. Going into your promised land, thinking you're going to fight a battle, but God has sent the hornets before you to remove your enemies. Thank God for his goodness for the rain that just started. Amen. Because of his goodness, he has positioned you. Pray and say, Lord, position me so that you will be interested in whatever I say, whatever I do. When that happens, it's easy to say, Lord, I thank you for your goodness. I thank you for your mercy in my life. And you'll see what God will do in your life. Turn to the person next to you and say, the Lord is good and his mercy endures forever. I see the Lord will open double doors of goodness in your life. When he does that, remember to say thank you for his goodness in your life. Siela. Thank you for listening to this audio sermon. For more information, please go to our website www.hoc.org.za. Household of Christ, loving God, loving people.